Hi everyone, my name is Umama Marzouk and I am the founder and CEO of Tomorrow's Prosperity Group Incorporated. I am super excited about today's interview because I get to interview the man, the legend, the person that I look up to, uh, my dad, Yasser Marzouk, um, who I happen to call Baba. So during the interview, I will still give him the respect and call my dad Baba. Um, so I'm super excited and um, Baba or Yasser, can you please introduce yourself to people and uh, tell people a little bit about yourself? Well, my name is Yasser Marzouk. I'm Omama's father. Uh, I studied in the U.S. back in the early 70s and I sailed on ships for some time. And then I decided to go into the uh, shipping business by joining a major oil company that's called KPC, Kuwait Petroleum Corporation. And I gained the vast experience at the time until the 1990, when the invasion of Kuwait took place by neighboring country Iraq. And at that time, I decided to go to the U.S. because I got nothing to do in this area at that time because my business was in the shipping at that time and I have a lot of contacts in the U.S. and over the world in shipping, especially tankers. And since then, I worked in the U.S. with friends of mine, they formed a shipping company and they were all Chinese. <laughs> so I couldn't understand what they conversed, but you know, I had a couple of friends where they have provided me with uh, being uh, a senior uh, staff there, doing my own things. And from there I flourished. I decided to venture in other matters, which things worked out beautifully. Anything else that you want to add? That is very brief, you know, going fast forward. So, uh, me was something, then I can make some comments. What's pretty cool is I'm actually going to be interviewing my dad uh, for a five-part series because there's a lot of um, leadership and a lot of financial information that I happen to learn from my dad. And so I want to share my dad's story with the world. Um, so, Baba, what is your view on, on money? Well, money is a tool if you use it in the right way, you can enjoy it. If not, then it will affect you and then you will start working for money and you will be hurt. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, you come into this country, you came first came to this country in the 1970s to go to college. Um, English wasn't your first language, correct? Correct. All right, so um, how did you learn English? Did you have to um, translate like Arabic to English or what, what did you have to do? 
No, I mean, you know, we did take English as uh, English subject at high school. However, when I went to Massachusetts Maritime Academy at the time, everything because of the terminology that I've never been exposed to, everything looks foreign to me. I did have to use the dictionary for each and every word to learn what is the subject all about. And at some time, it really aggravated me too much because it's taken so much time to read. Mm. So I decided to put the dictionary on the side and I, if I have anything to understand, I used to ask you know, my colleagues at the uh, academy, what does this mean? What does that mean? And then over time, I grasped the subjects and I actually was doing excellent. I was on the president's list. I was in the dean's list. And they also made me as a speaker for the Mass Maritime Academy as a foreign student. And at that time, I was one with about six or seven other students from different parts of the world as foreign students. But I was a speaker for Mass Maritime. That's amazing. That's really, really cool. Um, do you feel like money like means power? Uh, I would say, well, in today's world, I would say yes. Mm. In today's world, I would say yes. Because whoever have the money can direct it to benefit from it either personally or politically. Mm. Okay. So what does power mean to you then? And sorry, can you just speak up a little bit? Like louder? Yeah, there you go. Uh, what does power mean to you? No, to me, I don't anticipate to use money for power. I use it to benefit from it to my own and to my family. Okay. Because uh, I'm not into politics or any other things. Hold on one second. Okay, so um, growing up, so you grew up, I want to I wanna give the audience a little bit um, back of your story, right? Because uh, you were born in Palestine, and um, how old were you when, when you left Palestine? I was four years old. Okay, and where did... We joined uh, my father, God bless his soul, in Kuwait when I was uh, like four years old. So I took all my education in Kuwait at that time until I graduated from high school. That's pretty awesome. So a little story about my grandfather, uh, may he rest in peace, is that he actually walked from Palestine to Kuwait. So um, I want to ask the question of when did you first feel like you had the power? Have you ever felt like you have power? Well, it depends what you mean having power. I have power to do whatever I want. Okay, I select the things that I want to do within my capacity, depending on your financial ability. Mm. Okay. In other words, 
In other words, suppose you know you don't have money and you want to do something, you cannot do it. You have to appeal for your friends or somebody that you know to help you out, things like that. Okay. But if you have the ability to achieve all of that by yourself, that means you have the power to move forward. That's pretty cool. Um, so what was your first job, your first paying job? Uh, my first paying job, I was an officer on an oil tanker. At that time, back in the early 70s, we're talking about- That was your that. first job ever? Yeah, I mean, I worked at school when I was studying. So yeah, your first, your first job ever. And I was working in the cafeteria washing dishes, and then because I was grasping uh, the the uh, cooking uh, skills, so I used to make a breakfast for cadets on the weekends, you know. Yeah, that, that was, and then I worked in some restaurants next to Mass Maritime Academy during the summertime after school when I was not sailing. And uh, I remember uh, a restaurant called The Dolphin right on Taylor's Point. Uh, that was my first job, I mean, you know, work as a young adult. Yep. But then the first job after graduation, I worked on oil tanking as an so, officer, third officer. Let's go back to your first job when you were washing dishes. Um, and I mean, this is back in the 70s, so uh, the, the payout was a little bit different. But how much were you getting paid an hour? If you can recall that far back. <laughs> I, I think that it was less than $2 an hour and then it was increased after some time at the end i was getting like two dollars twenty cents an hour so being an immigrant coming to the united states um and you know just making your way through college and stuff were you getting any financial support from your family back home well the first year I did, you know, at that time, for, I recall the cost of the academy was like $4,500 a year. <laughs> Must be nice. <laughs> yeah, that's including room and board, college fee, everything. Uniform, yep. that was the most expensive thing. As you progress, it was going down up to 2500 Oh, wow. But because I come from a big family, my father cannot really afford, you know, uh, all that amount of money. So I decided to approach the uh, school to see what they can do to help me out. And at that time, I uh, met with uh, the president of the academy, Mr. Lee Harrington, or Admiral Lee Harrington. And uh, he told me not to worry, they will take care of me. And uh, I was uh, in sports, so I was playing soccer. And the school just loved me, you know, I was doing very well. We started a soccer team at that time. They didn't really play soccer and then, uh, 
you know, later years, like in the sophomore year or so, we had few kids uh, from different parts of the world and some American kids. We made a good soccer team and we were doing very good. So uh, that that kind of thing really helped me pay for my tuition, a room and board and all that. So the school took care of me from the uh, third year, fourth year, you know. That's so pretty I'm awesome. Um, as as a child and growing up with a uh, with a big family. Uh, mashallah, what was your impression on finance? Like, give us a little, like, glimpse on, on the financial situation growing up as a child. You know, as growing up, from what I recall, of course, you know, uh, what I learned when I was a kid, you know, uh, is to save money. Mm. I remember when I graduated from high school, I did have something like 52 KD, that's the local currency, Kuwaiti dinars. And how did I accumulate this? Is by fishing, going fishing. Mm. Yeah, that's how I did accumulate. I used to catch fish, take whatever we need at home, and then sell the rest in the fish market in auction. That's pretty awesome. Okay. So, were there anything um, growing up, like, so your parents taught you to save, was there anything that your parents... I cannot hear you. I cannot hear you. I couldn't hear what the question was. Your voice disappeared, Mama. Hello? Now I can. Sometimes technology isn't always on our side, and that's okay. Um, growing up as a child, other than saving, um, what's a what's a like a strong financial story that made an impact on uh, your viewpoint on money? I tell you what, uh, a person have to have conscious on what he spends. Like when I was a kid and graduated from high school or have other siblings who also graduating from school or have graduated before me, I, I could see that it's so much burden on my dad. Mm. So that became self-conscious not to spend money that you don't need to because other people maybe that they don't see that. So they, they say, oh, if my dad pays for it, I don't care. Mm. And I see this, by the way, within your siblings growing up. Plot so, twist to the story, everybody. <laughs> so if the, if the parents give money to their children, they spoil them. Okay, so was there something, though, that occurred as a child that uh, made you have an impact, change your viewpoint on money? You know, when I was, you know, I went to Spain also to study. And uh, when I went there, I had to learn Spanish for six months. And my eldest brother, God bless his soul, also joined me. But my eldest brother was a playboy. 
<laughs> and the tradition of the family, that money that my dad used to send us goes to him and then he gives me my portion. Uh, that, was, that was not a good idea. So, what happened is I was striving for money because the money that we used to receive on a monthly basis disappeared like in the middle of the month before <laughs> we pay our bills. Too much so, month, uh, not enough so money. That, that gave me uh, some kind of, uh, you know, look at what we spent, how we spent, how long it's going to last. Can we survive for a couple of days without spending money? So you can stretch the number of days, you know, according to how much you have. So that's actually my next question is, how do you stretch your dollar? Currently, Currently, of course, as you know, Mama, we have a big family. Yep. Right? So if you don't save and try to also invest early in life, then things becomes very difficult. Mm -hmm. So we try to save like 15, 20% out of the salaries that we get. I don't touch those and just put them away. And then when they accumulate to uh, good amounts, I invest, let's say, 50% of that amount into something that gives me a better return than having the money sit in the bank. And also, uh, I learned also to look into you know, when I, when I uh, after graduation from uh, Mass Maritime, when I came to Kuwait in the 79, you know, I, I had hobbies and boats and things like that. So I used to also buy boats and sell boats. I used to make money as well, besides what I was getting. You're a hustler, which is good. Um, so how do you stretch your dollar though, like in times of, of chaos, in times of uh, everything that's going on? Because this isn't the first time that, you know, the market has kind of taken a toll. How have you stretched your dollar? Yeah, that is a good question, Mama. You know, I remember, of course, you know, when I got into investing, I have no clue, you know, mm. I learned. I learned and practiced investing back in the 90s. And I lost a lot of money and I made some money. Some of the monies that I made in real estate, but I lost money in the market. Mm. And what I also learned is that trading day to day is not my piece of bread, you know? Mm -hmm. So that required me to read a lot to try to learn the techniques of uh, an education of investing. Mm. And uh, I then I decided to diversify by investing in some um, mutual fund where, you know, somebody is managing the money. Okay, they charge you a fee, but also they manage that portfolio for you. 
And after some time reading and understanding investments back in the early 2000s, then I decided to uh, put some money into the stock market. I'm most of the time I'm mostly long on my investment because I look for long term. But some people, you know, they use hedging, this and that. But you know, some of the tools that they use in financial market, it you know, I don't. Even though I could do it, but my conscience tell me that this is against my religion. Mm. Okay. You know, because selling or buying something that you don't pay for uh, is is prohibited. Gotcha. Okay. So, um, growing up as a child, um, I lost your voice. We stretched the dollar in the sense of... I didn't hear the question, Omar, because I lost your voice. Oh, um, I was saying like growing up, you know, I felt like we had a pretty good life. And I also felt that um, you and Mama did a great job of stretching the dollar, whether it was um, growing our own food or um, like having hand-me-downs or you know we never spent lavishly um growing up which is phenomenal and so there was a lot of financial aspects that you know as kids sometimes we're we don't know what we're watching and we don't know what's what's coming out of it but it's a it's a matter of seeing like how do our parents how do our uh the money Exactly, exactly. Um, and that's how it brought me to here to, uh, to do financial um, advising because I, I just happened to fall into it. So when was the first time that like you learned about financial literacy? Yeah, like I said, I started learning back in the 90s and I'm still reading a lot of uh, financial things. I'm yeah. more into economics. Now I can relay things together, you know, uh, growing up. Through my business, I can also analyze what's going on in the world, you know. Did your parents ever talk to you about finance? No, never. <laughs> Was there ever a time that you looked at your parents and you're like, why did you make that decision? No, also my parents in their own way, they also have managed but like I remember my dad, he only had one source of income was his salary. Mm -hmm. So he managed to save for rents, for food, utilities, and maybe saving a little bit more for travel, you know, to the homeland. So each generation had this in them. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I don't know if you remember this or not. So when I was 16, I was reading a book about uh, Sid Vicious, who was a part of the uh, the band, the Sex Pistols. And I was reading about like um, all these punk bands and what they did and like all about like 
sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And I was like, well, the sex is out, the drugs is out, but the rock and roll is there, right? And I, and so all these people, they were like dying around like 21, 22, right? Due to drugs. But I don't know if you remember, but when I was 16, you actually threw the book like gently, uh, but you threw the book Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Um, and so at a young age, you shifted the way that I started thinking because um, this is coming up first time in a conversation, but just because of the books that I was reading and the uh, kind of music I was listening to and the influence. So in my mind, I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to, not that I, that I had any issues, but I, from again, the influence, I was like, I'll just end my life at 21 because that's what all these people are doing. Right. Um, that's, you, that's, <laughs> That is what they call young and stupid. Oh yeah, God. young and stupid, exactly right. Um, but you changed my mind shift of thinking about, you know, bettering myself. And if it wasn't for you giving me that book, it just, it, it like piqued my interest. It definitely made my mind go, oh, there's more to life than that, right? Um, and so it made me just be like, well, what are the different things that I can do to make sure that I live a good and happy life. Um, so how do you feel like leadership impacts money and power? Does leadership impact money and power? Yeah, when you have a leadership, Umama, that means you have to take control of yourself. That's a leadership. Mm. Like if you recall when you were young, from what you just said, Umama, you have no direction in life. Correct. You think that, and you are influenced by the surrounding that you live in. So if the parents slack up the line on their kids to do what they want, they end up in the ditch. Right. <laughs> As I said. Right. But if we direct them to do the right thing and follow the right path, then they grow up with conscience and they will succeed and know exactly what they want in life. Life is not about fun all the time. Life is about responsibility and um, uh, take control of yourself, how you behave how you spend the money, how to raise the kids, how to deal with the people around you, how to set an example for people around you. So let me ask you this. Um, so um, my parents live in Kuwait and they have been in lockdown since what, February 24th that you guys haven't uh, really done anything? Actually, we, this has just happened yesterday. We have a full lockdown. We cannot go out or nobody can come in. So we are staying at home. But yeah, like for the past three weeks, we have been uh, restricted in a lockdown from um, five in the evening until four in the morning. But now in our area, we have 24 hours lockdown you cannot go out or in so how do you feel like leadership um and the impact of money is taking a um an effect on that because like 
we understand that there's a pandemic that's going around the world. Um, do you feel like the leadership is is being impacted by uh, the financials? Do you feel like power has a play into it? Like, what's your where's the leadership and the power regarding the situation? Well, as you know, Obama, this pandemic is affecting everybody. Mm. It is affecting the economy, it is affecting personal finance, especially for those who are self-employed or, uh, you know, they work day by day. They are the most impacted people. Mm -hmm. Unless, of course, to survive these difficult times, if they have saved enough money, they can survive to a certain extent. But if you're locked in your house, you cannot work and your company lay you off and you cannot do anything. How are you going? I mean, you know, you can survive of what you have stocked in your house for a certain period of time. But then how are you going to deal with financial responsibility where you have to pay bills here and there? Of course, this pandemic is affecting everybody. So how would you, um, tell me about a money problem that you had, um, whether it's, whether it's now or, um, earlier in your career or in your life, like what was a money issue that you had and that you got out of it? How did, like, what did, what, what was the story? What happened? Uh, You know, dealing with money in any situation, Umama, you have to be calm to, to start with. You don't follow the herd. Mm. Try to think, try to reduce the risk if you can. And yes, you have to be patient. So, um, is there a scenario that you think of that, like, you got yourself out of? Yeah, of course, you know, like, you know, like in 2008, of course, you know, there was a difficult time of the economic cycle, when unprecedented uh, fall down of markets and financial markets, everything. I learned from that. You know, uh, a lot of things. And uh, this time around, I really didn't do anything about myself. I reduced some of the stocks. Mm. All right. And uh, I'm not 100% invested. I kept some cash in the accounts in order to target some of the stocks that I wish I had them. There are strong companies mm. that I can find because they are very, very expensive. So now you can have a discounted price that you can get in, but not at big numbers. You don't want to put all your cash in the market. You have to also keep some on the side to see what is the best stocks that you want to choose that can grow in the next few years 
that you can make good amount of money and you could enjoy the uh, difference in price. Also, like um, before that, when I put some money into some uh, bond securities, that also will do pretty good. After a few years, you know, it's uh, like before this crisis, the price is low and it gives you certain amounts of uh, what they call interest. And with the market falling down, the uh, government interest rate down close to zero, the value of that bond will go up quite a lot. Yeah, but of course, I'm not cashing in this right now. This is for a few years ahead. Yep. Yep. Three and five years bond, you know. So, um, one more question, and then uh, we'll wrap it up with the final thoughts. What would you tell your younger self? <laughs> I tell them, you know. If you haven't earned the money, don't spend it. That's what you would tell your younger self? Yes. Okay. Um, thank you, Baba, for this interview. What is, um, this is only, again, part one for our five-part series with my dad. Um, what are some closing remarks that you want to give our audience? First of all, don't deprive yourself you know, like when you say you wanted to save somebody, but don't deprive yourself with things that you like to have, okay? Um, I like, for example, sailing and things like that. I, I don't deprive myself enjoying that hobby, of course, or uh, give yourself some space sometimes and uh, think wisely. Uh, study what you want to do before you jump into it. Don't follow your emotions. Follow your mind. <laughs> I totally, totally agree with that. Um, well, Baba, thank you so much for this um, this interview. This has been awesome. Um, I'm super excited to be sharing your information with the world. Um, again, you're uh, a huge inspiration, a huge role model, someone that like has, and I don't even think that you realize that you've done this, is shifted the way that I see and produce life. Um, and so thank you for that. And so I'm, I'm excited for part two uh, with the series with my dad. Again, Baba, thank you so much. And we'll see you all next time. Take care. Thank you, take care.